people work so long, it's so hard to push that, I don't want to say death date, but that end time further out. But if I keep working and working, I know, you know, I'm going to do another five years. This gap gets shorter and shorter. That's the time where I get to enjoy. I'm trying to find a way to expand that. So the closer I stop working, the more I get to live in that zone of, I guess, freedom. It's not that I'm running away. It's I'm running towards this, this life that I see and I've gotten a taste of. I right, listen up. This is Jamie. And I want to know if you're ready, if you're ready to take control of your life and reach your full potential. Think about that full potential, not maybe I can, but full potential. Go abundance has offered me and offers all of you, the systems, tools, collaboration, mentorship, training, accountability, and community that you need to boost your success. With GoBundance membership, you're going to get access to the GoBundance training portal, member masterminds, the GoBundance toolkit, live interactive webinars, trips, private Facebook group access, which is super, super active. Wait till you check out the, the Facebook group and GoBundance GoPods. My GoPod and I are insanely close. Take your life and business to the next level with GoBundance. Go to GoBundance.com today. Apply for membership. Trust me on this. Have the conversation with me or one of our other ambassadors, and we'll make sure that you're clear on the value proposition for you. Look, you feel like right now, if I invest my money, I don't know what the return is going to be. That's why you're holding it. Better to invest in the one asset that has returned you over and over again, the maximum return, and that's investing in you and the community around you. GoBundance.com. Make sure you apply today. Enjoy the rest of the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today's guest, Ricky Rod. Ricky Rodriguez is a fire chief, a husband, a father, an entrepreneur, an investor, and I got to know him down here in Punta Cana, he came down for my Midlife Entrepreneur Mastermind back in January, I think it was, of 2023. Amazing guy and an amazing wife, Jenny, who we'll talk about as well. So, Ricky, brother, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Um, I'm excited to be here. Honored, man, and honored for our friendship. Just uh, I'm super pumped. Yeah, man. It was, it was amazing getting to know you and we're going to dive into some of the stuff maybe we talked about down there, but let's get a little backstory. I went through a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of uh, things to describe you. Father, entrepreneur, investor, fire chief. Ricky Rod is the king of multi <laughs> multitask. So <laughs> let's give you some context where you're from and then bring us up to what do you do? Uh, so, so, <laughs> so uh, I am from Florida. Uh, born here. It's, it's weird. It seems like everyone's a transplant here, but yeah. I was born here in Florida. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, my, uh, you know, I was raised by my mother primarily. My stepfather came in and really showed me what it is to be a man. You know, I just watched him. He wasn't a big talker, but just watched him. Um, so I, you know, we had a, a blended family, uh, but it, it worked for us. My mother was a strong mom, still is strong. Uh, she'll tell you what's on her mind and, and don't give a damn of, about what anyone else has to say about it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. When you say, when you say real quick, uh, what it is to be a man, that is such an interesting side topic here in this day and age is so much discussion about masculinity gender definitions, the transgender movement, all of that. I and mean, we'll see where we go with it. But what yeah. is it, Ricky Rod's version, what is it to be a man? What did he teach you? And what do you embody about being a man in this day and age? Man, I tell you, consistency. He showed up. Didn't matter. My stepfather, which I call my father, um, he never called out sick. 
in his, I don't I want to say 40 something years of working, never once. So he was a guy that always showed up dependable. If I had to say anything about him, dependable, consistent, he was a rock, a fixture in my life that just showed me. He didn't talk. He just did it. He modeled it, you know? And so I didn't know when I was watching him that this is how you're supposed to be a man. But when you look back and over time, that's what it was. And he wasn't doing it intentionally either. That was just how he was built. And, and so to me, the consistency, showing up, being there, um, those to me are the qualities that, that make a man. And it's just taking care of his responsibility and his families without, what, family without complaining. Yeah, you know, that's, I could see that in you. I saw that in you. It was really cool. A lot of us were talking about when we saw you and Jenny, you know, off on the side or having discussions or whatever. There's this, when you're there, you're there with her, right? And I'm sure it's the same with your kids, but you do a lot of shit. So, you know, you're a fire chief. You've got a, an investment portfolio. Uh, you've got, we're going to talk about sirens and sirens and um, scrubs, right? We're going to talk about all these different things you do. Well, let's do this. So talk about, so fire chief is your day-to-day job. What are, what are the, what, what's the, the, um, the work hours like for you? And then give me all the other things you do. Let's break this down. What's the Ricky Rod portfolio look like of shit you do? <laughs> gotcha. So for 24, I uh, say 23 years of my career, I was on a shift schedule, meaning I worked 24 hours and I was off 48, which gave me a lot of time in between. Now I'm kind of transitioning that um, I'm on a 40 hour schedule. So I work Monday through Friday, you know, 7, 7.30 to 4, um, which is has been somewhat of a challenge for everything I do now. But I've slowly started transitioning out of a lot of what I do and relying on teammates um, and other people to, to kind of run some of the day to day functions in the other business. Um, if I had if I was beginning from the beginning, trying to build a portfolio, I could have never done it on a 40 hour shift. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how, uh, how it looks now for me, um, throughout the day, um, you know, phone calls uh, come in and it's usually just for approval or stuff like that. Hey, we got this, but software, what I implemented in our real estate portfolio has really taken off and really kind of streamlined some of what we do. Uh, for instance, like maintenance requests, they go to about five of us, myself, Jenny, two property managers, um, and my bookkeeper. And then those, those assignments just start to happen without me physically being there. Um, so I don't really have to do a lot on the day-to-day stuff now. Um, uh, you know, and so, so, so I would say, um, as far as the day-to-day with the business stuff, I've scaled back big time, but trying to move forward, I'm still trying to define that. Well, what is it? Um, what, you say your portfolio. What does your portfolio look like right now? I'm up to 34 units. Two, two, two of those are short-term. The rest are single-family and multifamily. STR. Okay. And you're, you have a property manager, or does Jenny get involved at all? Your wife get involved at all in the business? So uh, I do have uh, a property manager. Uh, I've since let two of them go. It just wasn't performing um, up to our standards anymore. Um, so right now, software does the bulk of the management, and we kind of step in here there when we need to. Uh, Jenny does help. Um, she's not full-time, and Jenny doesn't want to be responsible, but she'll step in and help when she needs to. And she's really talented at it, um, but um, it's not something she does full-time. What's the software that you're using that allows you to sort of systematize? Like, what are those solutions that you put in place? Yeah, it's uh, it's rent ready. 
It's been great. Rent Ready has been awesome. Uh, we we just absolutely love it. What does it do? What's the what's the value of it? So so you you plug all of your properties in there. Um, you can sign leases through there. You can send them lease. They can they can it's a portal. They can go inside the portal. It's on their app. I mean, excuse me, it's an app on their phone. They can see when rent is due. You can assign late fees. So late fees automatically generate. So before you'd have to remind them, hey, were you owe a hundred dollar late fee? And then try to collect that and you forget this. It keeps track of all of their transactions. Um, uh, like I said, lease signing, uh, maintenance requests. They can actually uh, get insurance, home, uh, renter's insurance through the app itself. Mm. Um, and there's some other cool features. They have a feature in there where they can help build their credit up. So it's just it's very streamlined. Most people are receptive of uh, of, um, of software, apps, technology now. So it's I even I even market. I don't even use real estate agents anymore, pay a commission or anything. I just put it out there. And it syndicates through Zillow, uh, Redfin, all the different places. And I, I get a ton of applicants that we pre-screen before we even show them the property. And then once we, you know, decide they like it, they get the we get the credit check, background, application, everything is so streamlined and easy. And we just move them in. It it's been great. And we do a good job screening, so therefore we don't have the turnover that we used to have before when we we're kind of manually doing it. Now it's it's really systematized and organized. So it's just blocked. So you got rid of two you have one property manager still in place or no, you've gotten rid of all property managers, you're just using rent ready. Yeah, so um I got rid of two two of them. Actually three of them. So right now currently I have one in Michigan, no, excuse me, one in Oklahoma. The one in Michigan, um she was awesome, but she was building her um uh, her own company. So she decided to pivot away, but that is being managed on software only, which was scary at first imagine, but the software does it. I mean, I'm here in Florida and it's up in Michigan. Um, and then the properties here around me, we just manage them with the software and collectively myself, Jenny, um, and then my property manager that manages my stuff out West, um, around Lake Okeechobee in that area. So it's actually worked. Um, it's, it's been great. I love it. I love it. You are still a nurse. I am still technically a nurse. Um, <laughs> so I, I tried to let it go a few few years ago. My kids was like, "Dad, what the hell wrong with you? Are you crazy? You worked so hard to keep it." Um, but I really love being a nurse. But it got to a point where it, it just took too much of my time between twenty four hours at the fire department and twelve hours on my off days. I had no time um, to really be at home. And then at that time too, I was really building my portfolio. So I, I tell people, I said, man, I bought my bandwidth back. So when, no shit, James, as soon as I retired from or resigned from the hospital in less than a month, I bought a sixplex because mm -hmm. I could think. And then I think about now that decision, I bought that sixplex for 170. It's probably worth well over 800 now. So that decision to stop working as a nurse, even though I really loved it, loved the team, built so many friends. And as part of that Sirens and Scrubs meetup group that we'll talk about later, that's another community, another tribe over there. So I have I have several tribes um, and I love them all equally. All right. So now let's let's talk about this then. So the, the thing I learned about you being down here was the do, right? Like it seemed like every topic that came up, 
you're like, oh yeah, I, I'm that too. Like when we're talking, oh nurse, oh yeah, no, actually I'm a nurse as well. Like, oh, oh okay, firefighter. You know, you've got these these 34 units, and then you've got uh, how many? Is it four kids? Three, three kids, right? Three kids, and how involved you are, and you and Jenny, how you do these vacations together, and everything. It's like it's one of those. You're the quintessential guy. You ask like, where do you find the time, right? So, so you made this trip down here. Uh, I think you're what two years? How long are you from retirement? Four. Four years from retirement, and give me the give me the give us if you don't mind, give us the sense of that, like <clears throat> percentages uh, percentages of what or whatever. So, in four years when you retire, what does that mean? Why why four years? Yeah. So, um, with every fire department is different, but mine happens to be at 25 years of service, or if you reach a certain age, you can retire with full benefits. Anything short of that, you penalize a certain percentage. Um, and so for me at 25, I can leave with a full pension and be done. So that's why I'm trying, you know, I, I'm my, you know, my goal is to stay and finish it. What, what would be the difference between retiring today and retiring full pension? Like numbers, dollars a month, if you're willing to share. Yeah, so I, I calculated it. It'd probably be like between uh, seven to a $9,000 a month hit. Wow. So it's that big, a di- that big a dip. So if you stay every year that you stay, that gets a little short, a little tighter, a little tighter. Uh, so you mean like the, as far as the penalty like in a year, it'll be yes. like 5,000 and two years, it'd be like 3,000 and three years be like, oh, right. okay, got it. No, no, no. So the longer, the, the earlier you retire before reaching that, the more penalized you are. Right, right, right. So right now I'm at four. So say for instance, if I wanted to leave right with two years remaining, then it'd be less of a hit. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the closer you yeah, get yeah. to four years from now to your twenty-five Correct. year, the less that that gap is. That gap closes a little bit. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So you've got that. What about health health benefits and all of that? Where does that shake out? It's tremendous. I'm. I mean, I think you know we probably have premier um, you know benefits as far as healthcare. I mean, we get checked. We have to. Um, you know, every year firefighters have to get a comprehensive physical. So if I, I don't know what the value will be if, if we were to figure out what a value is, but it would be a lot. I mean, it's a, it's a huge value to current firefighters. And then when you retire, what do you do about that? And that's a major thing to think about and consider also is can you continue with those benefits? If you, if you retire today versus four years from now, is there a difference in what you get from a health benefit perspective? Uh, yes, yes. And no, uh, I would say yes, only because there's certain benefits that we accrue, um, that help supplement your insurance when you retire. So the longer I work, the larger that supplementation is. So, uh, but me leaving two, four years, not going to be nearly as detrimental as if I left uh, on the pension side. Right, right. Got it. So the pension's the bigger play. It's not so much the, the, you're talking, you know, eight, 9,000 a month. So that's what 90, hundred grand a year, essentially in, in pension that if you quit today, you'd give up. Okay. So that leads me to the question I asked you on the beach at one point. I want to, I don't know if you ever answered it. So I'm going to ask you here. So I hosted this mastermind, right? Midlife entrepreneur. And the idea of it was, Hey, people that are making a good buck, good living, they're doing what you're doing. They've got the ability with, with, uh, with their investments to consider walking away from a job that may be anywhere from completely unfulfilling to, 
yeah, it's just not my passion anymore, right? I've got other ambitions. We'll talk about sirens and scrubs and all that stuff, right? But so, so you came and I'm looking at like, all right, well, you're four years away. You've got a plan with your pension. You've got, you've got uh, the health benefits that you're, you have under consideration. Sounds like it's not a big hit if you left today versus four years from now. Uh, and you've got a portfolio you're building. So the question I asked you was, why are you here? So why did you come down? Why did you invest time, energy, money, all of that in coming down to, besides the beauty of it, that can't be your answer, in coming down to Punta Cana and hanging out with me and a bunch of other cool people uh, on this Midlife Entrepreneur Mastermind? So, you know, I like to explore, right? I, and, I, and I always say, you don't know unless you try, right? And so, you know, to be quite honest with you, I thought about a life... And here's what, and, I, and I've said it before, I'm not running away from my job. I love my job, but I'm running towards this future that I see with myself and Jenny. Um, and Jenny is, you know, honestly, my soulmate. Um, I don't know a life without her. So I'm. how do I get to that point where I spend more time? And I like to use like, the, you know, timeline of life. And I go, you know, people work so long, it's so hard to push that you know, I don't want to say death date, but that end time further out, right? But if I keep working and working, I know, you know, I'm going to do another five years. This gap gets shorter and shorter. That's the time where I get to enjoy. I'm trying to find a way to expand that. So the closer I stop doing, you know, or stop working, the more I get to, you know, live in that, in that, in that zone of, I guess, freedom, you know? And so, it's not that I'm running away. It's I'm running towards this this life that I see and I've gotten a taste of, and I can probably sustain with all my other investments and then possibly grow beyond that. Uh, I know I'm missing a key ingredient or two to really, you know, take off to a place that um, you know I never thought possible. So um, that's kind of why I went. You know, to be honest with you, Jamie. Got it. What was the for you? What was the takeaway at the end of it? What did you come back with? You know, uh, I came back away with uh, a sense, a little bit more sense of appreciation for what I have already, the relationships that I met with everyone else, um, really, uh, be, and kind of being an inspiration to some people. You know, we got to talk to on a private level, um, and and then you know, you and I, and you challenged me a bunch of times and to do the math and the worst case scenario and things like that. I'm like, you know what, I could do it. You know, if I wanted to, but I need to have a place I'm going and I haven't defined that yet. Um, and I don't know what that's going to be, but it's definitely not off the table. Um, if I find a direction to take me into or, or that could, uh, I don't know, uh, I, I feel like <laughs> I need to have that direction first. And I talk about that North Star and I'm doing it still buying home, still doing this. Uh, but I feel like there's some key ingredient I'm missing or key relationship that I'm missing to help take off and, you know, and, and do what I need. Man, that's interesting. So it's funny you say that. Like, I, I think about this, you know, like real estate, you know, I, I, I talked to Emerge about this recently because I, I put a post up in the Emerge group, which for those that aren't familiar is sort of like the, the precursor to GoBundance, right? And I said, hey, what is the pillar that you're crushing it in and what pillar are you struggling in, Right. And the pillar they were crushing it in varied. It was like, I'm crushing it in health. I'm crushing it in adventure. I'm crushing it in, in uh, relationships or whatever. But like all but one, I think, out of, out of a, like dozens of people threw in like horizontal income, passive income as the thing that they're struggling with. And it was, a, it was so clear to me. And even like what you talked about just now, it's like, 
real estate. I mean, there are people like I, there are people that build empires on on acquiring real estate, but by and large, they're looking at real estate as a passive investment vehicle, as a horizontal investment vehicle. And I love what you just said. It's like, okay, yeah, I got a bunch of real estate. I got thirty four units. We've got our short term rentals. We're going to continue to acquire. We'll find stuff. It's going to build our wealth. It's going to build our cash flow. But it's not like what I'm going to do. Like I'm looking for everything I can do not to have to do anything with it. Right. Like rent ready or having a property manager between you and rent ready. Right. Like, so, so it's what I'm going to do. So that's what we talked about. It's like, listen, the answer to horizontal income or passive income. And I've learned this is really good, fulfilling vertical income. You know? So like what, what you do, you love what you do. And that's why people are like, Oh, you hate jobs. Like I don't hate jobs. I hate people being unfulfilled by jobs. Right. So, so, if you have a job you love or a business you love or a vertical income stream that you love, maximize that and pour it over to your horizontal, right? So for you That's now true. going forward, you're looking for that thing you're going to do it to me from the outside sirens and scrubs, the alarm, uh, or not the alarm, the, the training business that you have that you mm-hmm. started in Atlanta and has so much potential that feels like it's exactly the run toward thing for you. Talk about sirens and scrubs. And why are you not identifying that as a run toward? Uh, I guess because right now it's uh, well. What is it first? Talk about Sirens and Scrubs first. Define it. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, Sirens and Scrubs is, is a meetup group, um, and it's just where we kind of give back. I don't charge anything. We're there. It's very casual. We meet at a brewery, a local brewery here, um, and the group has grown significantly. And we just. You know, I, I challenge them. What it, what's your challenges? How can we help you? Here's a story that can help you kind of inspire people to to start. And we've had several people that have purchased their first home. Like um, the last two meetings or this last meeting, I brought my entire um, title company that I use. So the lawyer, the title agent, it's pretty cool. So if you had any questions about title related um you know, issues, they were there. So I think for me, it's just a way to gather and, you know, to kind of give back to people. But I do see that. I don't know if I formalize it. I don't know how I do that or keep it basic um, and keep growing the membership. But at some point, I don't know if if, if I should try to attempt to monetize it, but I don't want it to come off feeling that way. So um, that's why I was talking to, to, to Grant about um, developing a course. Yeah. Where it's something where 98% of what I do, I give it away free. But here's 2% if you want it that extra level um, to where it benefit you and it also benefit me too. Now, so because this is first responders who are looking to create pass- passive income or get into real estate well, investing specifically? Oh, well, I, I think you hit it. Mostly, mostly it's real estate specific, but I think that's because that's what they see. That's the sexy thing. But I think in general, right, business acquisition, uh, real estate. Um, and so that's what I want to do because a lot of us, we retire and sometimes we'll retire with a nice chunk nest egg. And then we just spend it all instead of investing it and taking that money and using the, you know, the cash flows off that initial investment to pay for your toys. And, um, we, you know, it's a lot of us like that. We just don't know what to do. You know, it becomes part of identity and it is, it, it, it can be very strong to break that in our first responder world. So I want them to kind of start peeling away from that a little bit and doing some other things. Okay. I am more than just a, you know, a doctor, a firefighter, a nurse, or whatever it is, a police officer. 
I also do this on the side. I own these many properties and I'm helping other people and I'm part of another tribe instead of just the single tribe. So then when they retire and they no longer have the badge on, then we end up into, you know, a whole other set of, of issues. Um, and that's on the mental side. We, we really haven't even discussed that. Um, but um, so I, I feel people need to do different things along the way and not just stay focused on just one thing, at least in my experience. What you, it's funny. So it makes sense that you're teaching financial literacy, if you will, or, or you know, how to, build, how to build wealth to these folks. But you just mentioned maybe mental, emotional. What, what's your, what is your... What is your fear for folks that don't that don't you know engage in something like this, like sirens and scrubs? Yeah, so the the, the numbers are there, and uh, all of us in the community we know it. Um, firefighters in particular, and um, I don't know the numbers for the other industries, but us as a whole have really suffered at the hands of, of suicides. Um, so, um, and you know, there's there's a bunch of different theories about why it is happening and, and you know and how to prevent it. But I think a lot of it has to do with identity. And when people retire after they've had purpose, you know, so say, for instance, someone's a, a chief and everyone calls them chief. They don't even have a first name. Right. Then they retire. And it's just like, who are you? You know, you walk into a station, no one even knows you. So you get a lot of satisfaction from that identity. And I think once you rip that apart, you know, uh, there's there's an unintended consequence to that. Um, so I know uh, a lot of folks have really been trying, what are you going to do after you get out of here? How are you going to identify yourself in the next phase of your life? And um, that is a major issue with, within our community right now. What's, what's the size of this community that you have, the, the, the Sirens and Scrubs? How big a group? So I think um, our members, crap, uh, I want to say we got to be at least – 40 to 50. It could be more than that. I, I can't remember. Steadily, we get about 15 to 20 that are there all the time. And it's just growing more and more and more as people discover it. Because I really don't push anything out, Jamie, much. I throw it on my um, social media, but I'm not the guy out there advertising, hey, come to my meeting. I really want it to be authentic. Um, so, you know, in everything I've done, I've never been the guy to go out and, and put it in people's face. It's authentic. I think those are I may build fewer relationships, but the relationships that I have are very deep um, with the people. And, and I think, um, you know, you see that when we communicate, you know, they feel like they know me. I feel like I know them. So, uh, you know, like the whole 10X book we, uh, we were reading and the one you gave us talked about quality versus quantity. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'd rather have a, a few less people in my tribe, but very strong quality individuals. Makes sense. What's uh, when you say, how do you do that count? Is that like in a Facebook group or on meetup.com? Like what's that 40, 50? Yes. It's on meetup.com. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. I'm, and it's in there. I could easily look it up. I can't remember at the time. I mean, right now, but uh, it's in meetup, meetup.com. Have you, uh, have you thought about, uh, cause I know you have a, what's the other, the alarm business that you have? What is that? Just talk about that real quick. So, so no, no. Um, what I have, the other business is, um, it was a, it was a, a coaching. It's a, for firefighters to do their promotional testing. That's right. That's so, right. testing. Yeah. Okay. Right. Got it. So uh, to be clear, so firefighters have to do certain tests, right. Uh, right. in order to keep their certification or whatever. And you have developed a business that teaches them how best to, it's like the real estate test. People are agents, like have to take a real estate. Test. You gotta take these like 40 hours worth of training, but you've developed a company that just helps people get past the test. 
Yeah, so it's really not as formal as I would like to, and I keep threatening to do it. <laughs> so there's people that want to promote up the ranks. So lieutenant, captain, you know, battalion chief, and you know, and, and a couple other positions between there. And it's very ultra competitive. Um, so what I do is I help people on the written portion. There's two portions. There's a written portion and there's a practical portion. But I truly believe that if you get people prepared on the written, they're going to do well on the practical. And it's shown that well, I've been doing it for 10 years. Um, and uh, I think probably I probably help more people on the written side than anyone I know. Um, so uh, and it's been you know, it's, it's been proven. So I was going to really professionalize it and systematize it. Um, I just. I'm, again, I'm missing that key ingredient, that key person, that integrator to really help me go, okay, I'm, I'm a visionary, but when it comes to the technology part of it, you bog me down and then I just, I don't do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, that is something that um, I have considered um, expanding upon. Yeah. What, what's, what's missing from that besides like having an integrator, but like from an excitement, like when you talk about running toward, why is that not something you would run toward? Uh, that's a good question, Jamie. You hit me. Um, I just don't think I, I, I don't, I, I just think I just haven't thought about it. You know, um, it's not on, it's on my list. It's just further, further down a little bit. So I would say, you know, you know, obviously the family, things like that. And then that testing business here. But I think if I can get the sirens and scrubs, really growing that may motivate me to possibly mm. expand that and well, it's that, been successful where it's at. that was my next question why is sirens and scrubs not something that you see running toward yeah it should be it should be honestly um and so i think if, as i continue to grow that community and then um you know start to offer some other coaching and mentor programs out of that you know, growing it out of it. i was so inspired by um um the active uh duty guys i can't remember passive income yeah oh man i I was fired up from that podcast because they're doing what i want to do but from military perspective yeah so no it it should be makes perfect sense well you know should when you say should i wonder is it is it like it should be because it makes sense but is there Mm -hmm. just something maybe like i I just don't want to that's just not where i really want to be i don't know like what when you say should be is it like it should be, but I'm afraid like it's absolutely, it would almost be like, um, like I say, I want to, I want to grow the podcast. I want to be a huge podcaster. Right. So if, if one day, you know, it, it popped finally and it's like, wow, the opportunity came, but Oh God, I'm afraid. Right. Like it's right in front of me and yeah. I'm afraid because it's what I wanted and, and I'm just scared. Or is it like, Oh no, I, you know what? Actually, maybe I didn't want this. Where is that? Where is sirens and scrubs for you? Is it like you're afraid of the potential because honestly, this could be a huge thing. And wow, it's scary to think that this idea could actually create, you know, what I'm running toward, or is it, I don't really know if my heart's in this. I, um, I think my heart is in that. I think I probably feel that more that way with my, uh, with my coaching business do, I think more of that, I would probably say I feel that way to where I'm afraid of its potential because I know there's a lot of potential there. Um, Sirens, and Scrubs, I, Sirens and Scrubs has a lot of potential. The Sirens and Scrubs has a lot of potential, but I was referring to um, the fire officers oh, test prep, that's the, the coaching. That has tremendous potential if I expand it out. Um, right now, I keep it local and it does very well um, 
locally and I haven't even attempted. I don't do any advertising or anything like that. So if I was to put effort there, but I think it's what you said. Um, am I afraid of it growing so big and now I have to manage that? Probably, yeah. Hmm, interesting. I think so. Do you have, uh, so this group on Meetup, do you have any sort of, have you captured them off of Meetup? Do you have any, their emails? Do you have anything like that or no? Just their, um, their Instagram and stuff like that. I, I haven't even started capturing the emails or anything. If I learned a lesson, because I had multifamily and more, and ADPI is like, you know, they're the, they're the, um, structured version of what I was creating with multifamily and more. We had like 21 chapters. We had 16,000 members across multiple Facebook wow. groups, no emails, maybe a thousand, maybe a thousand email addresses. Right. So never thought of that end game with it. It was just like, like you just said, almost the same thing. It was like, I love just putting these events on. I love giving back. We had a Facebook group. I'd go live in that Facebook group and just talk about topics. We do like a virtual webinar once a month, which was the only way we mistakenly got Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, we mistakenly got emails because we would do a webinar. People would have to register. I'm like, oh, oh, we got emails. Then yeah. we didn't do anything with it. We didn't, we didn't send any kind of nurturing emails to these folks. So just a complete, like, like completely missed an opportunity to, I don't know, to, to at least put it in position to one day become a real business, right? And ADPI yeah. didn't do that. ADPI actually looked at it very intentionally, whether it's Eric or Tim or any of these guys, and said, okay, we're, we're building something. Let's get these people out of Facebook. Let's nurture them. Let's give them products and services that mean something to mm -hmm. them that are valuable. And then, yeah, of course, they extract value as a result. And the what I see with what they did, because I was in the exact same space as you, my initial thought was, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't want to be that guy that makes money off of people for, for, you know, putting together this or just come to my meetup, whatever. It's no big deal. It's my gift, right? It was such an, such a, uh, uh, you know, high and mighty sort of thing. <laughs> but what I see with Eric, what I see with Tim, what I see with, um, I'm missing, oh, Adam Labar, all these guys, right? These are all GoBundance guys. So I, I've gotten to know them is what it's done is it's allowed them to spend all of their time in service to these folks, right? Who are, who are, by the way, they're going to spend money somewhere. So like, I didn't understand, like, like right now I'm seeing, and I wasn't at this guy's level, but I'm seeing like, there's a, there's a student of Brad Sumrocks that just lost 3,200 units in Houston. And, and yeah, he got foreclosed on. It's a terrible story. I, my newsletter actually just wrote about this, but 3,200 units foreclosed on in Houston, right? And I don't know if Brad Sumrock has anything to do with why, you know, like his teachings. I have no idea, but people are making that connection. And I've heard stuff that, you know, like some of these gurus or whatever, and I'm not that guru, but my point is like people spend 30 grand to do things with Brad Sumrock, right? They're going to invest their money somewhere. And I know yes. who I am. I'm a good person who wants the best for others. And I'm going to, I'm going to, to my own detriment, over deliver. Mm -hmm. Like if you mm -hmm. pay me 5,000, you're going to get 20, right? You pay me 30, you're going to get 80. And I know that's you as mm -hmm. well. And the mindset shift for me was like, okay, I'm this, I'm not this guy that's going to ask you to pay me for my time. And I'll be honest with me. I don't know if you've had this, but it was fucking frustrating at times. Cause then people didn't value what I did put together. I'd have an event and everybody's RSVPing. I'm ordering food out of my pocket. Right. And then last yeah. second, oh, I can't make it. I'm like, I should charge everybody mm -hmm. 10 bucks. 20 bucks in advance, yeah. right? Like just because yeah. they're going to come then, right? Like, so anyway, once I got past that, 
it was a realization. And now I have it with a merge where it's like, look, yeah, I'm charging money, but I have to, cause I can't, I can't, I can't serve people who aren't going to invest how I have in me Correct. and doing what I do. Right. I just can't. And, and if there's, if there's anything I, I can do, like this affords me the ability to spend my time with you where I couldn't with my multifamily and more uh, uh, business. Cause it was just like a, a little hobby that grew to 16,000 members. Right. So I, you're at the early stage, man, I, you got to find a way and it's not that hard, but you got to get these folks off of, off of meetup, get their email addresses, have something where you serve these folks, like nurture them on a weekly or monthly basis with really, really good content. Cause there's going to be a point in time where they're going to say, Hey man, I'm going to go join XYZ mastermind to teach me how to house hack. And you'd be like, dude, I could teach you how to house hack. I, you don't spend 20 right. grand on that. Right? Like, okay, I'm going to put together this program, 500 bucks a month, whatever. Right? Like we're at least you are now taking care of them and their money better than probably most of these gurus. So I think you have a responsibility in some ways, you know, to monetize yeah. this thing at some point because yeah. you're a good hearted person. That's my rant. I love it, man. <laughs> dude, you're, you're in my head. You are in my head, Jamie. Why? What's what? Is I'm that, not alone. What is that? Has this been going through you? Oh, dude, for years. So I'll tell you. So on that fire officer training, I had, I did implement that because yeah. years ago they would pay when they get there, and I got the hoe. I can't believe he's charging, and I'm like, listen, people value what they pay for. If yeah. you don't value it, like you said, they don't come. So then I added another wrinkle where I said, okay, well you got to pay up front. It wasn't so I can line my pockets. It was so they show up. I want them to show up because I know if they show up consistently, they're going to kick ass on their test, which they do. So that momentum – and I had people that didn't come. And like I said, I'm not offended. If Maybe it's not for you. I said from the beginning, maybe this isn't for you because it's not for everyone. But I respect that. But I want – if you're going to commit, commit. I don't want interested people. I want committed people. And so it showed. But how do I do that now thinking like what you were just saying? How do I do that on some on the sirens and scrubs in the future um, is, is is definitely something that. Uh, yeah, don't think about monetizing it, though. That's what I mean. Like I, maybe I didn't. So I would say I would say set it up so that you can. But don't mm -hmm. don't think about monetizing because if you listen, you build this thing. You've got, you got an email list. People are hearing about it. Maybe you put a Facebook group together, all free, all, all, all just cause you oh. enjoy it. Right. All of it. But you've got, you've got the ability to nurture this audience and it grows to 80, a hundred, 200, 400, 500, 800 people, a thousand people, uh, first responders in, in your area, maybe a couple cities, North and South of you, whatever. Right. And it, it gets some momentum. Well, at some point, at some point you'll understand, like I just told you all the people in my Emerge community are worrying about horizontal income. Well, you know what we're doing in Chicago in, in October? Our event will be centered around how to build passive income, how to build cash flow, right? Like that's the event. But you, I have scale. I've got hundreds of people who have told me their yeah. needs. So I'm going to create the, 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 the product or the service or the event to fill that need. Same with the Midlife Entrepreneur Mastermind, right? Like there's yeah. enough people out there making 200 plus, you know, doing really well. They got a side hustle. Yes. They're kind of 35, 40. Well, I'm going to put this together and I, I hope and think I over delivered on the value, right? And bring people down because I know that I can, I can help. We had a, what, two people quit, three right. people quit so far, right? Since coming back from that event, you know? So it's cool. Like that's the results. But my point is you yeah. get seven, 800 people, you're yeah. nurturing and discussing this, uh, what they, what their needs are. And at a certain point, Whenever, two years, three years, four years, when you retire, 
you can introduce something to them to say, all of you need this and here it is. And I'll tell you what, from a monetization standpoint, if you wait that long, you'll make more money than if you tried to monetize in six months or in a year. Like it's a snowball. The more value yes. you build, the more demand you build for you. When you do say, okay, here's my, here's my offer. Boom. You're going to have your raving fans come right after you with it. So I think you should build it to plan for monetization, but don't put the pressure on yourself right now of monetization. Cause I think this is your run toward. Thank you, brother. That, that just, it felt like it just, uh, some weight just dropped off. So I feel a lot lighter now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's just, it's a lesson I learned the hard way with the, and I just let that community go. I just let it like, whatever. It's just too, it's too big and messy to try to rein in now. So the heck with it. So yeah. hopefully that helps you or anybody that's listening. So it does. It does. <laughs> Tell me about Jenny yeah. and the kids, man. Cause this is one thing, all that you do, look, you're a hundred pushups a day. You could see it. Ricky rods in shape right? Fire chief, you're a respected guy. You've got these multiple businesses, sirens and scrubs. Like you're, 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 you're just, you're constantly moving and going forward. But man, we saw it. Every one of us there, like when Jenny was in the room, everything stopped for you. Everything stopped. Uh, it didn't matter if, if Jenny was going to be late, you were going to be late with her. It didn't matter if Jenny wanted to sit on a chair outside, whether people were talking, you were sitting on a chair outside with Jenny, right? Like everything stopped. Talk about the relationship part for you. Cause that's a, that's a tough balance for most. How do you, what do you do? What systems or processes or whatever it might be? How do you make sure that that stays front and center? How do you keep, cause you've been married, what, 20, how many years? It's been 20 plus years, but we've been together for 34 years. That's right. So you've been together like all of your lives, essentially. You're only in your forties, man. So, so right. So you've been together forever and still like, you've got that like teenage, teenage, like cuddle love thing, which is incredible. So talk about that. How does that, that's your superpower, your, your relationship. So how do you, how do you prioritize that? How do you keep that front of mind? Man, I tell you, uh, She's above everything else. Uh, she's number one. And um, it's always been that way. And, to, you know, whenever there's any doubt, she's the bullseye. You know, I, was, I used to tell my kids the whole bullseye going out. The red dot, that's Jenny and I. That's your mom and I. You guys are on the next ring, hmm. right? Plain and simple. Because now that I've seen this and back then, I go, when you guys get older, my, myself or mom are not going to be the first thing you think of. You're going to think of, a number, uh, you know, a number of other things. But mom and I are always going to be there together when you guys leave. And we have out of the three kids, two, two out of the three are gone, right? So I've always put Jenny first. She's always put me first. Even when we had kids, and I know people say, you know, well, kids come first, and that's and I used to hear that all the time. My kids are more most important thing. No, they're not. Your spouse needs to be because your kids at some point leave. <laughs> then when they hit their teenage years you know, it's, it's volatile and they can pitch you against each other. But when you are unified like that, they can't, they can't splinter you. And so we've always done that. I've always done that with her. Um, so I always say, if it's going to, I run it through this filter. If it's going to take me away from Jenny, I can't do it. If it's going to make me so busy that I can't be with Jenny, I can't do it. Hmm. If it's going to hurt Jenny, I can't do it. If Jenny's not on board, I can't do it. So even times I try to really push her to something and she doesn't want to do it, I, it's up to me to figure out how can I figure out a way to, you know, give her a different perspective. So once she's on board, then I'm, I'm all over. 
Um, so I think um, just knowing each other since we were 11 years old um, has played a major impact. I don't see a life of future without her because we've been together for so long. I've never been a bachelor because I was with her. I've never been, I've never had my own bedroom because if I wasn't sleeping, sharing a room with my brother, I was sharing it with her. And then I've never uh, had kids. I never been a, we've never been an adult without kids because we had our first at 17. So there's no stories about, you know, hey, you know, when you're telling a story and you go, well, this was before your time. There is none of that. I don't know. You know, it's always been with her. Mm. Um, and I think we just always prioritize each other. And, um, uh, and one thing that we do is we're very, we, we stick to habits really good. So one thing I call it my walks with Jenny. I don't give up my walks with Jenny. We walk every day because we get to synchronize, upload, download in each other, see how our day went. And, and then it releases endorphins. And, you know, so no matter what it is, we're always together. And, um, you know, I, I just think that this uh, is my true calling. Did this, did this come to be or has it always been? Meaning, like, did you go through a season where that wasn't the case and you right-sized or corrected or, or decided that this is what it's going to be? Or have you always been, uh, you know, she's the center of the target? She's pretty much always been the center. Um, there was a couple of tumultuous years um, when we were in, middle school and high school, sure. you know, but as adults, there's never been anything else. It was very really? clear. Yeah, it's very clear. Um, you know, once we became adults and, and I think the best thing that ever happened to me was having my son. Um, I remember walking around high school with my son and, you know, we got some judgmental you know, comments and eyes, but it just forced me to think of, you know, something besides myself. So the best thing that ever happened to me was having him. And I don't recommend that. And I definitely told my kids, I don't recommend that. But for me, uh, where I had come from and some of the, the, you know, the, the background I had, this was perfect. It really centered me. What do you fight about? Well, you know, what we fight about is me trying to get her to do more business. <laughs> right? really? So Jenny, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm sure you had to see it there. Jenny is living the life, right? She already is living her dream life. And so I'm constantly trying to, to do more. And I say, honey, just, just dream with me for a second, right? Because that's the only way I can get her to listen to me sometimes when it comes to me saying, all right, well, let's buy this business and I'm going to buy this house. And would you mind running this part of the business? She's not, she's not having it. She, she's living her life. Um, and she's, uh, you know, I, I think I've learned a lot from her about contentment. Um, and she reminds me a lot that, you know, she'll, when we do in our walk, she'll tell me about what we have and she'll say it out loud. Well, you have this and we have that and the kids are safe and the kids have this and the kids are, you know, and, and you have your health. And, and then it, it, it kind of hearing it out loud, hearing her tell me reminds me of how good we have it. Um, but uh, those are really the only things we argue about is, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this or what if I sell this and buy, you know, this, you know, commercial building, you know, it's like, you know, well, um, you know, she'll say something like, well, isn't enough enough? Mm. Well, yeah, but I want to do this with you and I want to take you over here. So everything I do, Jamie, honestly, the, 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 the higher my vertical and then the further my horizontal allows me to do more of those activities with her. 
because I don't go on boy trip, guy trips. She doesn't go on girl trips. We go together. Mm. So the more I can expand, you know, our income and our resources, so to speak, the more I can, you know, those grander trips for longer periods of time. So I think that's what's always been my North Star is is her and making her happy and, and uh, you know, fortifying our relationship. I love that, man. I, so how many of your ideas out of 10 that you need try to convince her of, are you unable to do? <laughs> Probably eight. Eight out of ten. All right. Well, then how do you not build resentment? So I tell you, I have. I have built resentment before. Um, so uh, it's just, you know, at a certain point, either I hear podcasts or I read a book or I'll watch um, something on TV and I'll go, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't push her, you know? And so, but I have, without a doubt, I have built resentment when I felt like she wasn't supporting me, you know, cause as men, we feel like if she doesn't do it, she's disrespecting me or, you know, she's not supporting me. And here I am, I'm working my tail off. Um, because I've, I've always been the breadwinner. Um, and I've always been the one to, to go out and, you know, drop the wood or, you know, kill something, and drag it home. I've always been that guy, right? That's what I do. Right. Even when it was four or five jobs, right? Getting W2s, three and four W2s. I even threw newspapers. You know, I was a fire chief still working at a hospital, still throwing newspapers, right? And at wow. some point, I'm like, wait a second. But I did what I needed to do to put us in this position now. And so she reminds me because I told her back in the days, we're sacrificing now. So in her mind, we're enjoying it now, you know? And so that's where she's at. But you know us guys, we're constantly pushing, go, go. <laughs> Then I hear uh, one of your guests on a podcast. I'm like, oh, I got to be doing this. I need to do this now. And <laughs> well, let me ask this. What, what's some, can you think of any? I don't know if you can, but can you think of anything that you were like gung ho about that she stopped you on that you didn't do that you're glad? Is there anything that you could think of like, oh, I was ready to do X, but she she killed it. And I was like, God damn it. But you know what? Thank God she did. Do you have an example? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fresh fresh in my head. So <laughs> we were this close to buying an anytime fitness, oh, yeah. like an anytime gym. And Jamie, I through emerge on, I can't remember his name right now. I can't remember his name, but listening to him with business, um, acquisitions. Um, Oh, uh, and, Joe Wexler. Nope. Nope. The other guy, big, we got a big beard oh, now. Nigel, Nigel Geisinger. Nigel, Nigel. Nigel. Yeah. 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 So I even, I even reached out to Nigel. He was courteous enough to respond back. This was what I was going to do, Jamie. I was going to do this. My wife was going to work. My kids were going to work in there. It's going to be a family business. First brick and mortar. It's been on my, you know, my to-do, not to-do list, but my goals list for the last three years. Buy a brick and mortar. Not, a, not real estate, an actual brick and mortar. And I was pushing so hard. And I went through it two times. So the first time I pushed, pushed. Didn't know what I didn't know, backed out. Then I came back with vengeance, right? I was in Emerge at that time, um, read everything I could, read books on uh, on how to acquire these things. And my wife the whole time was like, you sure you just don't want to buy more real estate? <laughs> I'm like, well, well, that's easy. You already got all the systems and this, you sure the time commitment and I don't know if I want to be there all the time. And I'm like, no, honey, this is, this is it. This is what I do, you know? 
And so I push it to the very end. I had the business all sold up. I mean, it was done, but I could not lock in the lease agreement on the property itself mm. that the same owner owned. So he owned the business and the, um, the property. And I was hoping to do some seller financing and get out, but he did not want to sell the business. And so when I started to understand how to look at a lease contract, dude, I was going to be losing my shirt in like two, three years as these, you know, triple net kept increasing in fees, he would have just eroded my profits and I would have been paying him, you know, with a losing business. So she, she kept pointing that out to me and she, once I, you know, I'm glad I didn't go through it. She, she made the final decision. When did you, how'd you learn the, the lease thing? Like, where'd that come from? Like you said, when you learned about the lease, where'd that come from? So, yeah. So, uh, I just started Googling. It's nothing crazy. I Googled it. I got on like uh, bigger pockets doing, you know, on the forums, you know, anything I could to try to understand, you know, triple what's normal in this size building is a triple net normal or can I do like, I learned all these other ways of structuring it, which he shot down um, and then try, okay, well, how can I negotiate to get it down? But every year the increases in the insurance in the property taxes and just in the actual rent, would admit I would have had to bring on, I forgot the amount, um, 20 or 30 new clients every year just to cover those increases, wow. not even for my additional profits. Yeah. So as I started doing the math, I'm like, oh no, Jenny was right. She was right. I think I took her out to some fancy restaurant to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> we got our money back, not all of it, right? Because, um, you know, he, he charged me, I forgot what it was, um, a cancellation. It was in the contract. I was happy to pay it. He was an honorable guy. Um, it just didn't work, but that was one that she saved my butt on, man. What did Nigel <laughs> say? Was he like, "Go do it"? Yeah, Nigel, because he didn't he didn't know the lease piece, but the the actual business itself, he was like, "Dude, you got something. You got." And, and the formula, it was you know how we had like a one percent where they have one two. I just can't remember right now, uh, but he's like, "Yeah, that's a one and a half or whatever it was right. the deal." Go for it. Um, but I didn't think about the lease component, you know, but it, it increasing every year. But it was it was pretty cool, man. I learned a lot about business acquisitions. Uh, and I, I, I still I'm still, you know, uh, still interested in it someday. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And now to flip it around real quick. Is there a, is there something right now that you've been wanting to do that she's been she's been saying no to that you're still like, gosh, she's not getting it. I got to I got to find another angle. Is there something you're working on right now? So not really, because I really, I'll be honest, after after we came back from Dominican Republic and, and your event, um, I kind of stepped back. I really limited my exposure to outside. So mm. I limited podcasts, I limited reading stuff. I just wanted to kind of kind of level out and see why what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Why? Why? So what, why? What, what, what prompted that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt I felt uh, a little overwhelmed. Um because I was indecisive of where I wanted to take, where I was going to be my next, where I was going to take my business. You know, I'm sitting on these 34. Do I sell and get into commercial? Do I sell and get a syndication? Uh, I've always been a guy that's done it on my own. I don't, we don't have partners. We own everything we own um, outright. Now I will say I have one partner. That's my son. Um, but one of my dreams was for us to build. Uh, so we have a, a family LLC, you know, that we are, we have one property that's a big Orlando, beautiful home. 
Um, so eventually I want to just do that, but that's with family, but for everything else, it's always been us, right? I always thought of, you know, the only partnership, the only ship that won't sell as a partnership has been in my head. Um, and trying to get past that, knowing that I'm the lid, you know, and I, I need to remove the lid so I can grow more. Um, so it's that all of that I've been really contemplating. And then with the new change in my job, so I had a lot on my plate, a lot to think about. What direction do I want to go? Am I content or am I faking to be content? And I really want to go somewhere else. So, you know, it's, it's been a lot <laughs> lately coming at me. So have you, have you landed on a decision on are you content or are you pretending to be content? I think, uh, I think I, I'm not content. I'm pretending to be content in my real estate um, aspirations. But mm-hmm. I'm extremely content with my family life. Yeah. Um, and so those always are like this. Uh, if, if I need to sacrifice family time temporarily, I can, but I need to have a definite end goal. But if it's something that's really going to tilt the scales, I won't do it. So there's a lot of things I look at and I go, that's going to take too much of my time, not doing it. What about this? Too much of my time, not doing it. You know, so, you know, I've been really selective and picky about where we actually go. That's inspiring, man. I, I, I got to learn that. That's my big, that's the next big learning for me is the power of no. I just watched uh, uh, Alex Hormozzi put a video. I just sent it to my pod. Um, and it said like seasons of no or the season of no. And he was saying how like there's, it's not forever, but sometimes you got to go through a season of no. It could be three months, could be three years, could be two months, whatever it is. But where it's just yes. like, no, even like, and he, and he makes this point. I think it's so true because I think this is the fear. And it's made me think of one opportunity right now that I have that I've said yes to. And I'm like, Ooh, should I be saying mm-hmm. no to that? But, um, it's sort of like, well, if you're afraid that, you know, you, this person or this opportunity or this connection is like, I, I gotta say yes to this because if I don't, like, I can't lose this. If you say yeah. no and focus and, and build what you're building, it, that, that will still be there. Cause now you'll be shoulder to shoulder, or maybe you surpass. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, you forget that you even had that, that, that opportunity. Like I forgot that I said no there because it, it, it's irrelevant now, right? I've grown past it. Yes. It was a really, really good introspective. That guy, man, I love listening to his stuff. Uh, introspective yeah. uh, 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 video and it was short, six, seven minutes. So encourage anybody to go listen to it. But, um, but that's been, that sounds like it's more your default. Like it's funny, as much as I see you do, there's a lot of no, it sounds like that you filter because yes. of center target, family, Jenny, and then, you know, the next ring out the kids. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's I'm constantly talking to myself, but that is my filter. And I'm telling you, Jamie, I don't break it for anything, you know, uh, and that keeps me grounded, you know, keep her happy. I'm happy. Um, and it's one of those filters. It's, it's, it's a core principle of mine that uh, family, you know, wife first, then children, then family. Mm. You know, if there's a conflict between them, I'm like, who's in the bullseye? Oh, Jenny. Jenny, then Jenny, Jenny trumps it. She wins, you know, and I'm sorry. That's just how it is. That's you know? incredible, man. I love that. That's a great standard to live by. So, all right. Sirens and scrubs. How do people, is there a way to learn more about it? Is it go to meet up and search it? Like what's the best way for people to learn more about what you're doing with sirens and scrubs? Yeah. Um, if you go to meetup, uh, meetup.com, you can search it sirens and scrubs and it'll pop up and you'll see me and Jenny on the, on the front cover. And then also if people can see us, uh, I have a link on it in my uh, social media, my Instagram at Ricky Rod. 
um, they can see it there and click on it and take them there and they can sign up. Uh, and then some people, you know, if they don't want to commit, you know, we've had people that just kind of showed up. Hey, I'm good with that too. You know what I mean? It doesn't, you don't have to actually click on it, but, um, if you click on it, obviously, you know, when the meetings are, when we put pictures out or any, any, you know, uh, notices that we put out. And this is West Palm, correct? Actually, it's uh, a city called Fort St. Lucie. Oh, Port St. Lucie. Um, okay. Yeah. That's, so that's uh, spring training, right? Met spring training home? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We, we It's so funny, right? Because when we've been here now almost 20 years, we grew up in West Palm and I work at the fire department down that area. Um, <clears throat> but I used to say Port St. Lucie and people look at me like deer in the headlights. Where is that? Now it is blowing up so much people actually know what it is now yeah so it's pretty cool <laughs> that is cool that is cool you got it in a good time so all right yeah, at ricky yeah. rod on instagram correct is where people can learn more yes, about sir. you kind of follow you and do all of that brother man i appreciate you doing this i was excited to get you on I, it was really cool getting to know you and jenny down in in uh in the dr so uh you know when you when we talked about like you're like yeah hey, i'm trying to get on podcast i'm like then let's go i want you on tribe of millionaires <laughs> i want to i want to hear your story and I mean, I just think you offer so much in terms of the relationship piece and, and all of that. And just the, the discussion about the power of no. Now, I just hope that you, uh, that you look at Sirens and Scrubs as something to, to build toward eventually maybe monetizing. But we shall see. So appreciate you, brother.